Hey guys, David the Healthness Coach here yet again with another episode. Today's guest, Suyin Lifts. I had a lot of fun doing this podcast. I certainly learned some things that I'm going to take with me. Uh, so without further ado and me babbling on, I'd rather you guys just hear the podcast than me discuss the topics that we spoke on. And as always, if you guys need help or have any concerns with regards to your health and fitness, feel free to contact me via Instagram, healthnessforcnd, or via my email, healthness469 at gmail.com. Uh, super nerve-wracking because, like I said, me, I sound like a wreck. On like, I listen to myself talk and I'm like, huh? <laughs> Is that really how I sound? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. So, Suyin, thank you so much for being on the show with me. It's always a pleasure having a awesome trainer like you uh, to be able to talk to and, and kind of give people some input on your business and things like that. So, so, like, tell us about yourself. Like, what started this whole, like, fitness journey for you? Yeah, so I feel like my story is kind of the traditional cliche, like, fitness kind of changed my life, but fitness actually kind of did change my life. Um, when I was probably, like, 16, 17, started getting a little bit more interested in it, but I was super shy. Like, the kind of person that didn't like being in big social situations, was always just kind of keeping to herself. And so I kind of turned to the gym as an outlet. Um, I was going through a little bit of depression and anxiety, and then just lifting started making me feel good. So I kind of continued, continued to do it. Um, and then, so that was probably around 2012. So I lifted for about two years, and then I suffered a really, really bad back injury. Oh, no Yeah, way. yeah, deadlifting, of course, of course. <laughs> And uh, it kind of threw me off my fitness path, I guess you could say, because I wasn't able to move. Like, pulling the parking brake on my car would hurt my back, picking up a laundry basket, putting on my socks. Like, I was pretty much out of the gym completely. Um, and of course, I always like to train lower body, so like squats, deadlifts were out of the question. And I guess, looking back, like I probably could have worked around the injury and kind of did maybe a bit of upper body work, but... For me, like, no, I was out. That was kind of the end of it. Um, and then I spent hours and hours with different specialists, like physiotherapists, massage, acupuncture, you name it. I did it to try and get back in. And nothing was working. Like, I still had excruciating, excruciating back pain. So I think my, like, kind of trainer self within, because before, like, I wasn't a trainer at that point. I'm like, you know what? Like, I've seen everybody, nothing's working, so I kind of took matters into my own hands and started doing research, trying to figure out, like, how can I fix this myself, because so far everything that I've done hasn't worked. So I started kind of looking into rehabbing my own back, and that's when the whole glute thing started. So I started really looking into glute exercises and core work, and then it's funny because I always make jokes about how, like, that was probably one of the hardest times in my life because I had finally found something that made me feel good and it was kind of taken away from me and uh, the booty kind of saved my life, right? Because mm -hmm. by strengthening my glutes, strengthening my core, my back pain started to dissipate and then out of that, I also ended up growing my glutes and it's kind of what my whole business now is. <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. Around, I didn't even right? know that. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. <laughs> I know. So it's just kind of funny to think about because I feel like, you know, 2020, 
the booty thing is pretty hype. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, like my main goal back in the day when I started doing all of these workouts and looking into glute stuff and booty work, um, it was really just to get myself back in the gym and get rid of pain. But mm. then it turned into something super big because now again, like I mentioned before, my whole business all is around glute work. So I think in a way, maybe that like, you know, six month period of just being lost and not feeling good and getting like depressed again mm -hmm. and anxiety came back, that kind of tough time where I kind of took control of mm -hmm. my life and tried to figure out how to fix myself. Well, I like brought that. Brought me here. You know? I like that because like, that's kind of like, I mean, people tend to think like, okay, I injured myself. So like, I'm just not going to train yeah. and like avoiding probably like trying to like recover without actually moving is like probably the worst way to go about it. And I'm like, I respect that a lot. Like you actually said, you know what, instead of looking at all this scientific research and getting someone to kind of mm. fix me back up, I'm just going to go back in do my own research, yeah. figure out how I feel. And then from there, just like be able to like get rid of this pain. I'm not going to sit down on it. And I think that's something very, very important for a lot of people to like, really make sure that they're tying in on so like that's good like so i guess like that's like segue right into your business yeah. like how did you then like come up with your own like you wanted to become a trainer after i guess that experience like how did that yeah. come to be how did like suyin lifts come to be <laughs> well so i guess in university like i didn't train or i didn't study uh like anything really fitness related in university I took sociology mm -hmm. and uh, studied women's health so I guess I was already kind of in the health sphere but not really training but I just trained myself right and like again exercising and all that made me feel good and when I graduated I uh, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life I think we all kind of go through that where we're like hey you know I've done the thing now what's next yeah. and uh, so then I was like well you know what like I've really enjoyed exercise training. It's changed a lot for me. Like, why don't I take this to the next level? And through university, I did train some clients kind of on the side for side cash, but it wasn't like an official thing for me. So when I moved to Ottawa in 2017, 2018, is when I decided like, you know what? I'm going to try this training thing for real and see how it goes. And I started off at Good Life. And... Uh, I had made like a, a fitness account before moving because I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to take this seriously, like I need to look legit, I need to show people what I do. And I just picked the name Suyin Lifts as my Instagram name, like totally randomly. <laughs> and then I guess it just kind of stuck. So that's how the name came to be. But uh, yeah, so I worked for a good life for quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And um, it was interesting because I'm not the kind of person that really likes to be told, I guess, what I can and can't do. Like, I'm pretty independent, and yeah. if someone says, like, oh, you can't do that, I'm like, why? Like, what's the problem here? And I found that a lot of the time, like, when I was at Good Life, I did do my booty boot camp class. Mm -hmm. I remember I had, like, a little section of the turf mm -hmm. that I would kind of section off, and I had, like, I think five or six girls in the class, and I was uh, advertising it. I had posters around the club, and it said booty boot camp on it. And uh, I remember my manager came to me and she said, like, listen, Suyin, like, I'm really happy that you're trying to advertise this. But we were getting a lot of complaints. People don't like to see the word booty. They're, they what? think it's offensive. <laughs> so I think that was the first moment where I was like, man, like, 
in this environment, I can't be authentic and do what I want to do because mm -hmm. people aren't, aren't having it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I feel like that was kind of a turning point because I never felt like I was really able to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, I was working with clients. I was, you know, helping people in terms of their fitness goals and they were being inspired but kind of by my story and stuff. And that was cool. But I wasn't able to really kind of expand things the way I wanted, if that makes sense. Nice. So then yeah. that, I guess that's like segue to how you ended up going to a private gym and then yeah. doing your doing your own thing. That's awesome. So like what are some of the things that you've been working on since coming into a private space and being able to have the leisure to do whatever it is that you want to do for your business? How has that been and what have you been working on? Yeah. So I guess like... Of course, the booty boot camp has been kind of my main focus since I've moved from Good Life to uh, the private gym here. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's funny because again, I mentioned like when I was at Good Life, I had like five girls in the class. And then mm -hmm. as soon as I moved and was actually able to kind of make it authentically what I wanted it to be, it just blew up. Mm -hmm. Like from five girls to running seven classes a week with 15 participants. Like it was wow. crazy. Yeah, but it never felt like uh, I really had to work for it because, of course, when I come in to work mm -hmm. here, it doesn't feel like a job yeah. really, right? So it just kind of became what it became, I guess, through me just following my passion and being authentic with how I presented it to the public. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what really made it take off, if that makes sense. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, no, that's really, really, that's really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, do you have anything that, like, you're working towards right now? Anything that's going to be a shift in your business? COVID-19 just happened, so, <laughs> I mean, everyone's business kind of probably fell and was affected by it. Um, do you have anything that you're working on in the future? Anything that might be coming up uh, for your business? So, I think, yeah, with the whole COVID-19 thing, um, I was forced to kind of take things a little bit more online. Mm. So I've been doing classes online now and I am in the midst of talking to a app developer. Wow. Yeah, so I think it would be really cool to give access to workouts for women because I've had women that come from the West End to train and stuff and I think a lot of them would really benefit from having something that they could do remotely on their own but again with like a guided kind of program wow. on an app. So that's kind of maybe in the near future. It's, mm -hmm. It hasn't been locked down yet, but it's something that I've been thinking about. Mm -hmm. And then just reaching more people, right? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's all fun having, you know, local people participate in my classes and everything. But it would be cool to reach kind of a greater audience all around Canada or even around the world. I think you I can could, do it. Right? You definitely can do it. Because, I mean, <laughs> you, you have that look and you're, I feel like even like seeing you train your clients and the results that they're getting, like for sure there's, there would be a tremendous market for it like worldwide if you really yeah. did try to do that. And I think like, yeah, like it's really comes down to the personality, right? I think like when it, when it comes to like attaining success, especially with an app, um, I think, yeah, it really comes down to like your personality, the success that you've gained with people that you're currently training and then trying to like just spread that, like as much as you can to help as many people as possible. Now, is there any like guidelines or principles that you follow uh, in order to attain the success that you have? Because I mean, like when it comes to camps, like I think in the private sector, probably second to none. So like, how are you doing that? Like, is there like any sort of guidelines that you can share with everybody that 
like allowed you to attain that level of success? So I think again, like just bringing it back to being kind of authentic. I mm-hmm. think I try to really represent kind of just being real with my girls. Like I, I don't uh, really sugarcoat anything with them, and mm-hmm. I just yeah, being authentic and real. I think has been kind of very helpful in making that camp successful. Mm-hmm. But also the girls themselves. Like I find all of the energy that they all bring into the room. It's like I'm there, sure, and I'm you know telling them what to do and all kind of motivate and everything but they really create this environment amongst each other that's just insane and I think that you know even when new participants come in they just feel that that energy in that room and that's kind of what keeps people coming back or will have people refer like new clients to me from just seeing how that uh, yeah the energy in the room it's mm-hmm. it's quite something and I think like compared to one-on-one it is different but it's still, yeah, just an exchange of energy like among people, I think, is what makes that class what it is, if that makes sense. No, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So that, that being said, like, just based on what you just said there, like, kind of a segue, unscripted, like, what is the difference between training with you in a camp and then training with you one-on-one? What would be kind of like some of the differences, I guess, that you would say um, that someone can experience if they're not sure what they want to do and what's the best option for them. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, I think, like, in terms of one-on-one, of course, the programs are always going to be very tailored to mm-hmm. that person's specific goals and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the work that I do with my one-on-one girls also kind of complements the class as well. I do have mm-hmm. some participants that will train with me one-on-one and do the class. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, the sweet combo because you get the best of both worlds. But um, with the one-on-one, I feel like a lot of the focus, I think, is more maybe a little bit of rehab work, mm-hmm. working on instability. I know a lot of my like clients come in and they might have one glute that's a little bit less active. Mm-hmm. So during our one-on-one, we'll try and kind of create balance mm-hmm. between the, both of their glutes. Yeah. But um, I think as well, just like progressive overload, right? Mm-hmm. If you're training with me one-on-one, I can track... The weights that we're lifting and over time we'll kind of you know add more weight or make it more challenging whereas in the boot camp it's more general so we'll have like it's more of a circuit style so there's less progressive overload in the class mm-hmm. but I think the combination of boot camp and one-on-one is perfect because you get a little bit of both mm-hmm. and um, I find as well that you can like during workouts especially on, with my one-on-one we talk a lot about kind of the mental aspect of training. So like mind-muscle connection and really feeling movements instead of just going through the motion. So I think if my girls, let's say, train with me one-on-one and they kind of create that connection and bond with their body, then when they come into class, they're able to apply that to the movements that we do and they can get that much more out of that workout. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that yeah, yeah. That, that, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. Because like for me, like, I, I have a hard time training a class only because like I'm like I'm so focused and dedicated on specificity that like yeah. I'm like oh man like I got like three people I gotta like watch for so like that being said like what do you find most challenging about your business like you do boot camps you do one-on-one training like what's some of the challenges that you're facing um, and how are you overcoming them that's that's amazing yeah so challenges for my business honestly is probably saying no and not saying no often enough because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the kind of person that if someone's like you know what Suyin like 
this week can we train at let's say six o'clock and usually I try to end my day at six mm-hmm. and I'll be like oh you know what like for you yes right <laughs> so I think creating kind of boundaries with myself and mm-hmm. I think that's something that COVID kind of taught me as well because like before COVID I was working insane hours mm-hmm. like yeah. starting super early and leaving the gym you know when it was dark coming in yeah. when it was dark and leaving when it was dark yeah. So I think just creating boundaries for myself and how far mm-hmm. I'm willing to kind of spread myself mm-hmm. has been something that I've been working on. And even like in my schedule now at five o'clock or six o'clock, I have it scheduled and it says, don't do it. Man. Like, <laughs> don't do it. So that I remind myself that like, you know, you need to also have time yeah. for yourself yeah. time for your partner time to just unwind. Cause mm-hmm. if you go, go, go. Yeah. Like, Sure, it's fun and I love what I do and I find that uh, I could probably go, go, go for quite a while, but eventually like it catches up with you and then you hit a wall and you're like, oh man, like yeah, I need a minute here. I mean, it takes a lot out of us. Like to train a client, like it's, 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 it's very emotional yeah. because we get kind of involved in their lifestyle a little bit more than maybe we're adapted to with the knowledge that we have. Um, and then also like have, having to bring that energy every session. Like mm-hmm. for me, I know like my cutoff is like, I can't train more than four people at one, like not at once, but like back to back after about like the fourth person, I'm like completely gone. I'm just like looking at the sky and like, yeah, I probably <laughs> should take a break. Um, so yeah, so I completely agree with you. I think the number one advice, especially for new and upcoming trainers, like try to take on what you know you can handle versus like just saying yes to everything to get a paycheck and then you're not being a hundred percent with the people that are in front of you and that that can can kind of affect um your business a little bit um do you have any advice for like any sort of like any trainer because like us right now we have more guys than girls in our (laughs) in our gym but like do you have any advice for any girl trainer that you know is up and coming and wants to be able to build their business from the ground up um, and be as successful as you've, as you've attained? Is there anything that you'd be able to give them? That's a really good question. I think, um, like, stand your ground. I think mm-hmm. that as female trainers, again, it's a very male-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. So, like, stand your ground. Always, again, be authentic to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, like, if there are any female trainers that are listening to the podcast, like, reach out to me. I'm always mm-hmm. happy to speak with people about what I do and kind of my struggles and successes and everything. Mm -hmm. But I think just like set yourself on a goal. If you want to make training your only source of income and you want to make it your, like your job, Mm -hmm. then go all in, like commit to it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what I did because even like when I first started, when I first moved over to this gym, I was like, you know what? Like maybe I'll take like a, a waitressing job and work on the weekend just because I wasn't quite sure like how many clients I was gonna have in the in the gym since I was now on my own and then I was like you know what like no like let's just focus on this give it your all like promote yourself as well Mm -hmm. I think social media is a really good platform now for that and it's free Mm -hmm. so just put like get your name out there don't Mm -hmm. say no to new opportunity like even over the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of people reach out to me, you included, right, to do stuff like <laughs> yeah. this. And I'm like, my initial instinct is like, oh, no, yeah. like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but say yes, yeah. right? The more people that know your name, the more your name gets out there, the better, I think, because you'll just have greater reach. Mm-hmm. Like even um, the other day, somebody reached out to me that teaches at Algonquin and they're like, hey, like, would you be interested in talking to my class? 
And my initial instinct was like, hell no. Like, I don't want to go talk to a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. But say yes. Like, mm -hmm. push yourself out of your comfort zone and commit again to making this your, not your life, but a big part of your life. Get comfortable right? with being uncomfortable yes, exactly. so that you can progress and change. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when it comes to, like, the industry, I think it's so prominent that we, we need more female trainers. Uh, the reason being is that, like, I find that a lot of women take their fitness and aesthetics a little bit more serious than guys do. And me being a guy that has predominantly female clients, yeah. I find it very challenging to understand at certain times of the month, like, how to work <laughs> in certain things. And, like, you know, like, some people can pretend that they understand, like, but, like, if I don't, I think if you're not a female, you can't really understand, right? Yeah. So I'm like... Do you have like any advice for like the guy trainers that have female clients? Like, how do you how do you overcome certain things that they might be feeling like with nutrition? It's like sometimes in that time of the month they're like they want to eat foods that yeah, are probably yeah. not the healthiest because they're like craving it. Like, is it normal to crave stuff? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, <laughs> not a girl, right? So, what would be your advice um, on, for guy trainers that are uh, that are training females and like trying to help them with their 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 fitness but can't doesn't have we don't have the same empathy to understand exactly what they're going through yeah that's a that's another good question <laughs> <laughs> so i think like first of all like um it's not bullshit right like if your client comes in and she says like oh like you know i'm just about to start my period my energy is low a hundred percent that's true mm. Um, it's funny, actually, the other day I downloaded an app mm -hmm. called Fit Our Women that actually tracks your cycle mm -hmm. and tells you kind of where your energy levels are throughout your cycle. Mm -hmm. So there's certain times of the month where they're like, you're ready to go, and then other times where you just want to sit down and snack, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think, like, for me, um, with my girls as well as myself, is I always tell them to be gentle with themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's important to listen to your body. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the same time, I think, like, sometimes I'll have cancellations due to that kind of stuff. Yeah. But most of the time, like, girls are pretty mm -hmm. committed to coming in. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, and usually it's true, is, like, even if you walk in the gym and you're feeling a bit eh today, mm -hmm. I guarantee when you leave, you'll feel better. Mm -hmm. And that's usually the case, right? Yeah. So I think, like, still pushing them a little bit, even mm -hmm. though it might be a more delicate time of the month, is still important. Um but all of the like, oh, I don't feel so hot today and all of that is legit because it's, yeah. Because it, sometimes I find, I find myself in that position consecutively where I'm like, do I push them? Or like, do I be like, because it's like, you don't understand. I don't. And like, <laughs> it's so weird because like, yes, there's research, but it's like, I feel like research will never substantiate the actual feeling yes. that someone's yeah. going through, right? It's just, and I find that to be like the challenging thing of our job is like, most of it is predicated in how we feel. And so like being able to empathize with someone that is going through something that you can't go through, um, I think is like one of the most challenging things. So like when your clients, like maybe not just from like a time of the month perspective, but like when your clients face challenges in their own life or obstacles, what are some of the things that you do to motivate them to keep going? Because I mean like training is hard the lifestyle and consistency that it takes to be able to achieve aesthetical results is quite difficult and like some people find it you know very frustrating when something happens in their life and they need to try to overcome that thing to continue doing the thing that 
they need to do in order to get to where they mm-hmm. want to go. Like, is there any advice that you give to your clients that helps them stay on track? Yeah. So I think I always remind them that like, you know, we're all human. Mm -hmm. So there are things that will throw you off at times, but I always bring it back to what brought them in in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So like, why did you come into the gym in the first place? Was it because you wanted more energy? Was it weight loss? Like, were you feeling a bit depressed and needed something to kind of change in your life? And I think kind of bringing it back to the root helps them a lot because it's easy to get caught up in our own heads, right? And Mm -hmm. we kind of forget the purpose of what we're doing. Yeah. So I think bringing it back to the beginning helps a lot. And then also looking at how far they've come, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think, again, we see ourselves every day. Um, and sometimes it's hard to remember that, wow, like I've come a long way, mm-hmm. right? And if you can kind of celebrate that success, even though in that moment you mm-hmm. might not be feeling very good, to see, oh, this is where I started and I'm here now, like, Mm-hmm. you know what, let's keep going because mm-hmm. this is actually working and I'm seeing change. But, I mean, the process is slow, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to see results overnight. overnight. Um, That's right. And so I think, yeah, just kind of looking back at success and mm-hmm. then, again, reminding them why they came in in the first place usually will help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or nice. distracting them. Like, we'll oh, just yeah. talk about <laughs> something else and then we'll go on to our next exercise mm-hmm. and life will be good again, right? Mm-hmm. So... I always wondered, and this is always a question that I always thought, like, just based on, like, results and progress, like, what's the process? Is the process the same? Let's say if someone's like, okay, I just want to lose 30 pounds, whatever. Is the process the same as someone coming in and being like, listen, I really want to grow my booty? <laughs> <laughs> like, is it is it like you train them the same? Like, is it different? Is there, how do you go about that? How do you approach that? Yeah. So a little bit different, I would say. I think a lot of the time with weight loss, depending on how much weight someone is looking to lose, we focus a lot on, you know, compound movements, but then just movement, right? Movement period, having them do different exercises that keep them kind of moving the whole session. Whereas for the booty stuff, I think my approach is a little bit different where we'll, again, spend time talking about the importance of connecting with your glutes, glute activation, because a lot of the time people don't feel their glutes, right? Mm -hmm. They'll come in and they're like, yeah, like I feel this in my quads. And I'm like, okay. So even if it means, you know, coming back to a little bit of activation between sets, Mm -hmm. just kind of creating that connection with their glutes, I think is my main focus starting out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we just play with it. Like I think over the last couple of years, I really perfected the art of booty building. I mean, <laughs> nice. it was a long process and I've tried a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but I have a whole kind of system for glutes that I've created over the years that I think is pretty good. Like mm-hmm. it's always learning though. I'm always looking at new things and my girls will be like, oh, like you have that look on your face. Like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do now? Because I always have something new that I'll have them try. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say definitely a little bit of a different approach between just weight loss or glute growth. But it's funny because I would say probably like 80% of my clients come to see me for glutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's usually kind of their main focus. And it's always funny because they'll sit in front of me for the consultation and we'll go through the goals. And then I'm like, ah, yes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Booty, I got you. I got you. That is is sweet. And so like... In terms of like the way that you'd periodize their plan, like is it is it like do they go through different cycles of training if they want to build their booty or is it like 
okay, we're just gonna keep packing on. And then like from there, like I'm not too sure, like how would you go about that progression? Yeah. I guess you would say like from like an exercise standpoint, um, when it comes to like growing the glutes, how, yes. how, how do you do that? Cause even I'm like, huh? <laughs> so I, have, I have a little recipe I guess I'll share with you. So pretty much again, always activation, warm up, connect with the muscle. Mm-hmm. But I like to program my girls well. They'll have like a heavy, a heavy day. Mm-hmm. So like heavy hip thrusts, squats, we'll do lunges, kind of more compoundy movements. And then isolation work, so single leg isolation, again, because a lot of my clients, and I think everybody, has a bit of instability between, you know, both sides. So single leg isolation, and then I also program in a super high rep, lower weight day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, isolation, heavy, and high rep is kind of my recipe. Um, Again, when people start out, we kind of ease into it. Because sometimes doing more of the like isolation single leg work can be a little bit more advanced. But uh, typically I'll start kind of teaching just the basics, right? Like mm-hmm. how to hip thrust, how to deadlift, how to squat. And then I'll kind of mix in a couple other more like, again, isolation moves, higher rep movements. But again, progressive overload, right? Mm-hmm. And I think like with hip thrust, and I almost feel like hip thrust should be a compound movement. I know they're not in... <laughs> in the group of compound movements but uh-huh. i tell my clients that you know i i think it should be <laughs> but a lot of hip thrusting will mm-hmm. do a lot from different angles right like elevated feet up staggered like the list goes mm. on yeah that's interesting yeah because that that definitely will help also with stability right yeah. in, the, in the hips and all that what about guys so like yes i know you have some guy clients so like how what approach do you take with that because i know that like i mean I think I have an okay booty, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't, like, what would be the approach with that? Is it like different, or is it kind of like, kind of like the same, the same compound movement? So kinda? I would say the same, honestly. Okay. And it's funny because like that's one thing that I always notice, and I think like at Good Life and bigger gyms, men never isolate their glutes really. Like mm-hmm. I've seen when I was at Good Life, maybe a couple of times on the off chance, I would see a guy hip thrusting, but it's kind of deemed a woman's thing to do but it kills me because like your glute max is the biggest muscle in your body why aren't you training it you know like you would have more like a heavier you could lift heavier for your deadlift you could squat heavier your bench would probably go up but there's this stereotype that training glutes is a feminine thing to do so when I have like men that come and see me I try to kind of break that stereotype because having strong glutes is going to benefit their health you know they're Spine health, everything. So mm-hmm. let's let's do hip thrusts. Mm-hmm. And um, as well, like one of the guys that I train, he plays basketball. So for his explosivity and everything, strong glutes is important. Mm-hmm. And he's not shy about doing hip thrusts at all. He's a really good sport. He'll just do what I tell him. Yeah. But uh, I would say similar approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar approach. Oh, that's 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 definitely cool. Is there anything that you want to share with anyone that we haven't covered? Um, with regards to your business, your own workouts, where you're headed, things like that? Um, I don't think, I think we covered pretty much everything. I guess I'll kind of end it with just like, don't give up, man. Like, I feel like a lot of the time I'll see this happen in front of my eyes with my clients is people will get so close to, you know, that point of seeing change and then they'll Mm -hmm. give up. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be applied to like your business, right? Mm -hmm. Your life in general, like just push through that little hump. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like once we get through that hump, 
that's when an amazing thing happened, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like how I felt when I kind of switched over, is at first I was like, man, like, I have four or five clients, like, freaking out a little bit, but then I kind of pushed through that mm-hmm. tough stage of a little bit of uncertainty, and then, like, looking back now, it's insane, like, things are going really, really, really well, so I think if we're able to see past kind of that maybe confusing, like, why am I doing this stage with exercise life, good things will happen. Perfect. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I think we learned a lot. I certainly learned a lot about, like, glute development and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, so thank you so much once again for having uh, for being on the show with, uh, with us today. I'm sure a lot of people are going to enjoy this. Um, I'll update you guys and send you Su Yin's uh, information or Instagram account if you guys want to contact her. And as always, if you guys have questions, concerns about your health and fitness, feel free to contact me on my Instagram, healthnessforcnd, or via email, healthnessforcnd69 at gmail.com.